Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today we are joined by the awesome, incredible, amazing Peter Weddle. Peter is CEO of TA Tech, the well-known association for talent acquisition solutions. TA Tech is a global trade association for the talent acquisition technology industry. Collectively, its members power or operate over 60,000 sites worldwide and provide state-of-the-art products and services for virtually every facet of talent acquisition. Once described by the Washington Post as a man filled with ingenious ideas, Peter has authored or edited over two dozen books and has been a columnist for the interactive edition of the Wall Street Journal, National Business Employment Weekly, and CNN. Peter, it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on today as a guest. Welcome. Thank you, Bill. It's great to be here. Let's uh, let's get going with our questions today because we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, firstly, tell us a bit about yourself, your career history, and how you came to be in your current role. Well, I'm... Um, a living embodiment of that old phrase, uh, uh, a a jack-of-all-trade, master of none. Um, I've done a lot of different things in my career, uh, but they've all, in one way or another, had to do with human resources. Um, I uh, did a stint uh, in the U.S. Army, graduated from West Point, and did some time on active duty. Uh, But when I got out, um, I worked my way up and became a partner in the Hay Group, which at that point in time was one of the world's largest consultancies um, in uh, human resources. And my particular focus was on the intersection between humans and uh, technology. Um, and um, at that point, I got the entrepreneurial bug and uh, bought a company called JobBank USA which was arguably one of the first companies um, to use technology to identify the best candidates for uh, open jobs. Uh, Sold that company in 96 um, and uh, with, you know, an infinite amount of naivete, I hung my shingle out and declared myself a professional writer and through pure dumb luck, um, had an opportunity, um, as you noted, to start writing a biweekly column for the Wall Street Journal about these new things called job boards. Uh, and I did that for over a dozen years. Uh, and uh, that led to a number of other businesses and organizations. And finally, in 2007, we launched TA Tech, uh, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. So it's been a uh, a long uh, a long journey with all kinds of fits and stops uh, and starts, but uh, ultimately, uh, as I said at the beginning, it really focused on my fascination with um, how people can use technology to do their jobs better, get more satisfaction out of their jobs, and ultimately be rewarded more fulsomely because of their performance. Awesome. Thank you very much. So um, elevator pitch style, uh, what, what does TA Tech do? Well, as a trade association, our job is to help our member organizations uh, perform at their peak. So 
Um, we hold a number of conferences that are designed to encourage peer-to-peer interaction around uh, emerging trends uh, in both among employers and among job seekers so that we understand uh, the requirements, the needs of both of those communities. Uh, we also talk about best practices and standards. Uh, for example, um, there is the growing use of pay-for-performance in recruitment advertising, pay-per-click or pay-per-applicant. But what a lot of employers don't realize is that a fair number of the clicks for which they are paying, uh, and the research shows that it could be as many as 50% of the clicks for which they are paying, are actually generated by bots, by uh, automated uh, systems on the web, uh, and have no, absolutely no value to an employer. So we are publishing a standard, it's called a Declaration on Traffic Quality, which will ensure uh, transparency in the way that clicks are reported so that employers know what they're paying for and can be assured that they're only paying for clicks generated by humans, by candidates that they could actually take a look at. So uh, again, we're focused on best practices, we're focused on uh, trends, new ideas, new strategies and tactics. Uh, anything that would help our membership do a better job serving those two communities, employers and job seekers. What is an average, if there is such a thing? Um, I don't think yet, since I've asked this question, I've, I've received an average answer, but what, what does an average working week look like for you, Peter? Well, it's, uh, it's hectic um, and it's long. Uh, I'm a morning person, so I'm usually in the office by 6 in the morning, uh, and I usually spend a good 12 hours in the office. Um, and uh, my responsibilities range from dealing with our membership, their uh, questions, their needs, their requirements, uh, their desires, and trying to um, promote our membership to those two constituencies I mentioned earlier, employers and, and job seekers. Um, so it's a, it's a fascinating job because there are so many uh, facets to it, uh, uh, but it's, you know, it's hard work. Uh, this is, I don't have to tell you, this is a very demanding environment uh, for the business community these days, and uh, we are a global industry. So our membership stretches, uh, you know, literally around the world. Um, of those 60,000 uh, sites that our members power and operate, probably a good 40% uh, of them are outside North America. So uh, we're dealing with different time zones. We're dealing with different uh, cultures and behaviors at work. Um, so it's always a challenge uh, and always interesting. If they were, this is this is one of my silly questions. Uh, if if they were going to make a film about your life, Peter, which actor would play you and why? Well, of course, it would be Brad Pitt. I mean, there would just be. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish if you could see me. Um, you know, I'm short and plump and bald, so I think a more accurate uh, selection would be Danny DeVito. Um, and uh, we just, you know, have that look. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, let's get a bit more uh, serious. Let's talk a bit about you outside of the world of work, so to speak. What, what, what are your what are your biggest passions out, outside of the workplace? Well, I have two. Uh, one is my family. Um, you know, I've been blessed with uh, three great kids, um, and uh, my wife and I spend as much time as we can 
uh, being involved in their lives. They're all married, and and uh, we've had our first two grandchildren, so that's very exciting for us. Um, and my other passion is writing. Uh, I try to write every day, uh, early in the morning. Uh, as you mentioned, I've done a couple of dozen books, but just recently have uh, tried my hand at fiction. Uh, the first uh, 22 or 23 were nonfiction works about the world of work, the changing world of work, the uh, new challenges that are being presented for working men and women around the world. Uh, but in the last couple of years, I thought, you know, uh, it would be fun to try uh, to do a novel or two. So that's really uh, what I spend most of my time working on. And, and it is a true passion because uh, as anybody who's ever been published knows, um, it is a very humbling experience. Um, you put your heart and soul into that, uh, onto those pages. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're lucky, a couple thousand people will buy your book, and, and that's about it. Uh, it's the rare person, the John Grisham uh, of the John Grishams of the world, who, who get to go on to bestsellers. So uh, you have to do it because you're passionate about it, and that's certainly my, uh, my case. As, as a bit of a celeb within the talent acquisition world, Peter, um, here's another, it's not a silly question, but it's just something that occurred to me when, when I was preparing for this particular interview. I, I'd, I'd love to know what's the worst job interview question you've ever heard. I don't know, maybe you were, maybe you were sitting next to somebody else who asked the question. Um, maybe it was you who asked the question and then afterwards you're like, why on earth did I ask that? Can, can, you, can you share that with, you, with us? Well, uh, you know, there are just so many competitors here for uh, the worst job interview question. I, I you know, I, I would say that the one uh, that I was sitting in on, it was not a question I asked, but I was sitting in on this interview where a person was asked, if you were a plant, what plant would you be and how would you help grow our business? Uh, I mean, it was such a silly mixed metaphor and and off the wall question. I almost gagged, but it was actually asked. <laughs> I remember, I think maybe it was my first ever job interview. Somebody asked me if I was a kitchen utensil. Excuse me, a kitchen utensil. What kitchen utensil would I be, and why? And uh, fortunately, that that had come up in my interview preparation with a friend of mine who'd heard it elsewhere. So I went with blender because I like to. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, uh, well. <laughs> Because I like to mix things up, I said. Um, <laughs> I, I got the job, so you never know how much that helped. Um, what, what is tell me what, what is your leadership summit on programmatic ad buying all about, and uh, why is it important to HR and talent professionals? Well, we do uh, four events a year, four conferences. Uh, the two are industry congresses. That is, they are um, they are events designed for. Uh, the CEOs of enterprises in our industry and their direct reports. Um, we do a, and those are both held in North America uh, in the spring and the fall. We do a similar Congress uh, in Europe. Uh, next year it will be in Barcelona. Um, and it's more of a global event. Um, again, a couple of days all uh, designed for the senior leadership in the talent acquisition technology industry. But the leadership summit that you've mentioned, the leadership summit on programmatic ad buying, is a series. Um, it's a one-day, one-topic event. Next year will be the third that we've done on programmatic ad buying. Um, and we think uh, that's a particularly important initiative because – 
programmatic ad buying has uh, has taken over e-commerce in virtually every other facet of online advertising. Um, it instead of having human beings try to guess where best to place their ads um, and uh, optimize their spend in a way that uh, you know uh, takes advantage of the plethora of sites that are out there. Instead of having human beings try to do all of that, um, it uses uh, computers to identify which sites are most likely to generate uh, the best yield and, uh, in the case of recruiting, generate the best yield of candidates uh, and and also to turn off the spend once the a sufficient number of candidates have been generated. So we're talking about taking a technology that's been used to sell Uggs and and cosmetics and uh, plane tickets and so forth, um, and now we're trying to bring it into talent acquisition. Um, and it's uh, it's a very uh, complex business, but basically it enables an employer to say, you know, I think I need X number of candidates in order to fill this opening, um, and I'm willing to pay Y amount of money to get those candidates. And with that information, the machine will identify which three or four or five or six sites are most likely to generate that number of candidates at that price. If that occurs right away, then unlike in the past where you'd spent your money and, and whether you had enough candidates or not, you kept on spending, well, once you get the number of candidates you need to fill that position, it stops spending that money and it transfers the money over to another opening where you aren't getting enough candidates uh, for your particular uh, opening. So the computer is helping you to move your spend back and forth across various websites and across various openings so that you maximize your return on investment and get the number of candidates you need to fill your openings with, with quality new hires. Um, it's easier to describe than it is to actually do. It's a, as I said, it's a very complex business, which is why we continue to have this uh, summit on an ongoing basis. Um, this year's summit will take place um, in June, June 7th and 8th in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it will have two tracks, one on uh, programmatic ad buying applications. What are case studies that have occurred recently and what are the lessons we can learn, the best practices from those applications? And the second track will focus on programmatic ad buying technology. And that gets right down into the, the bits and bytes of how you use the data, how you use second and third party data, um, how you uh, build uh, advertising networks uh, and so forth in order to deliver um, the outcome expected by the advertiser. So typically the kinds of folks that attend that particular event are employers who want to know how they can harness the power and promise of programmatic ad buying for their own uh, talent acquisition, uh, as well as agencies and publishers, job boards, digital media companies, and so forth. Uh, and it's that very rich kind of uh, interactive uh, community that enables us to really generate, I think, a, a, a really high take-home value for the folks who attend. And it's only one day, so uh, you're sipping from a fire hose or a fire hydrant probably, uh, but uh, you're certainly getting a lot of tactical-level 
uh, information that you can take back to your organization, as well as some of the strategy involved in applying this uh, this new capability to talent acquisition. Mm, that sounds awesome, and I, I'm just going to break from this usual format here to say to you, you know, anything that we can do to help spread the word, let us know, because um, I think uh, there's tremendous value to talent acquisition and HR pros out there uh, by attending. Um, one of one of the stated goals of TA Tech is to promote a better dialogue between talent acquisition uh, technology companies and, and employers. How, how does TA Tech help HR and talent acquisition professionals participate in that conversation? Uh, well, we, uh, we try very hard to uh, look for venues where we can have uh, an interaction with uh, employers that's not sales-based, you know, that's not a exhibit hall where people are standing at booths, but rather um, it's an opportunity to have a meaningful fact-based discussion about what's working, what's not working, uh, what are the requirements that aren't being met, the kind of the wish list on the part of, of the employer that the talent acquisition technology is not meeting. So to that end, um, one of the things that we do is we co-locate our spring Congress with the SHRM Talent Management Conference. So our conference precedes their event and is co-located with them so that our members are actually walking up and down the halls as the HR professionals and the talent acquisition professionals arrive for that event. Um, and it's an informal uh, way of, of promoting that dialogue, but it seems to have had a, a, a good effect uh, that, that we're seeing more and more sort of coffee break uh, conversations about uh, how better to harness uh, technology for talent acquisition. Um, and then, as I just mentioned with the, uh, the Leadership Summit, some of our events actually do uh, open participation to employers so that um, the, the conversation is more structured. Um, there are moder moderated discussion groups um, and there's an opportunity to really tackle subjects together, looking for solutions that work for both parties. So, uh, you know, lots of different venues that uh, we, we try to, to encourage so as to promote that kind of, uh, of crosstalk. I'm going to put you on the spot now, Peter. Um, can, can you list four or five speakers that you've seen at one of the TA Tech events who've had a big impact on you? And... Uh, and name them and tell and tell me why they had a big impact. Well, one certainly that comes to mind is uh, Chris Foreman. He is um, the CEO of a company called Startdate Labs, uh, which um, also has a subsidiary called AppCast. Uh, Chris um, is a wonderful speaker. Um, he gets up in front of an audience and admits right off the bat that you know he was a geek growing up and uh, the big thrill for him was to go to computer camp in the summer and, and uh, he's very self-deprecating uh, but he's one of the smartest guys you'd ever want to meet um, and he has a gift for talking about very complex technology issues in a way that everybody can understand um, and I think um, Chris's vision for um, bringing together uh, the very best technology, not to replace recruiters, not to replace talent acquisition professionals, but rather to give them the tools so that they can perform at their peak, so that they can invest their talent 
in finding good hires for their organization. I, I think it's really uh, exciting, um, and, and it, as I say, he's a great speaker. Um, so he was certainly one that I've enjoyed listening to uh, a couple of times. Uh, similarly, um, Ian Siegel, uh, who is uh, the CEO of ZipRecruiter, uh, you, you may have seen that advertised. They've been, <laughs> they've been spending a small fortune on uh, television and other advertising. Uh, Zip is a, is a great company, and, and Ian is somebody who uh, came from outside our industry into talent acquisition, uh, came from um, advertising technology, and, and just brought a fresh approach to looking at how to uh, take uh, the bits and bytes of technology and to apply it to the challenges of sourcing and recruiting top talent. Um, and he gave a presentation about, you know, where are we going uh, with the kinds of sites that are being designed to attract talent? Um, the old-fashioned job board that basically had uh, content that was interesting to active job seekers and nobody else um, is probably um, a um, endangered species. Uh, and there's a very specific reason for that. Um, according to research done by the U.S. federal government, at any point in time, just 16% of the workforce is actively in transition. So any site that's totally dedicated its content to active job seekers is really only targeting less than one-fifth of the workforce. Moreover, that one-fifth of the workforce already knows that if they go to an employer's site directly to their corporate career site, they're going to find great talent acquisition opportunities. So what employers need job boards and social media sites and aggregators to do is, yes, of course, attract active job seekers, but also attract the other 84% of the population that is passive. Now, some of those people will never leave their current employer, but some of them are interested in learning about new opportunities where they can advance themselves in their profession, craft, or trade. So the challenge for sites going forward is how to create content that will attract people who aren't looking for a job, because those are really the people that employers want to be connected with. And Ian's vision was uh, to, to, to use a, a, a number of strategies. One might be like Glassdoor, user-generated content that talks about the culture and the business practices uh, of various employers. Another might be to provide content that focuses on career self-management. You know, we, we teach people an awful lot about their profession, craft, or trade, but we seldom teach them anything about how to build a career in that particular career field. We don't teach them how to audit their own skill set uh, and identify areas that need remediation. We don't teach them how to evaluate when they should move uh, in order to keep their career moving forward. We don't teach them how to deal with a biased or prejudiced boss. And all of those principles and practices of career self-management are incredibly important today because employers aren't going to be that resource that they have been in the past, that people are going to move around and therefore they're going to have to take care of their own career. Sorry, didn't mean to give you a soliloquy, but, but those are two folks that have really, uh, I think, opened my eyes to the possibilities out there. No, that was great. Thank you. Um, earlier on, I think you mentioned Sherm. Um, so outside of your own events, uh, 
what what, what other conferences and expos do you, do you attend regularly uh, to to get a feel for the pulse of HR tech and new ways to succeed within uh, recruitment? Well, I have to admit, I'm not much of a conference goer. I do do go to uh, the SHRM event from time to time, uh, and I've gone to um, the ERE um, event, uh, SourceCon, um, from time to time. Um, But, you know, I'm a a writer, so that means that I'm also a reader, and I spend an awful lot of time on uh, the various sites around the web looking at content. Um, that um, has been presented at some of these conferences, but also uh, freshly published that offer insights and ideas that might be uh, interesting and and, uh, get me thinking outside the box. So if there was ever a guy in the know, you are him. Um, in, In terms of new technologies and ways to improve talent acquisition processes in 2017, um, could you share a, a small list of a few software tools our listeners should check out? Well, you know, I, I, uh, I'm i going to chicken out on you here. Uh, and the reason for that is <laughs> that uh, I represent uh, a whole association full of great talent acquisition products and services. And if I... Uh, if I pick one or two or three to uh, to, to focus on or to highlight, uh, I'm probably going to hear from uh, everybody else about why I didn't remember them and, and didn't think to add them to the list. I, I do think that uh, we are starting, we are into an era where there will be some really exciting developments in the area of artificial intelligence and machine learning, for example, where uh, things... Uh, that used to take up an awful lot of recruiters' time and provide very little value at the end of the day in terms of finding the right candidate for an opening. Those things we can teach machines to do, and they can probably even do them better than than humans. So let them do some of that grunt work uh, so that recruiters can can exercise their talent uh, for identifying the best individuals for their organization's openings. So I, I would, in terms of categories, I think AI uh, and, and machine learning is certainly one. We've talked about another. I think that uh, we're on the cusp of a real revolution uh, in recruitment advertising with promote uh, programmatic ad buying. I think that will undoubtedly have a huge impact on our industry. But there are some really uh, innovative things being done in recruitment marketing, um, in interviewing technology, um, and even in the area of mobile apps, uh, where we can change the whole experience of, of job search. Most of the mobile apps today, uh, you know, were, were not created as mobile-first products. They really took an, a candidate experience and crammed it into a small handheld device. And, and really where we are going is to begin with the handheld device, with that technology first, and to create a, a candidate experience that is truly unique to and, and uh, appropriate for that very small screen and, and uh, the kind of shorter attention span that it necessarily elicits. So those are the kinds of things that I think we can look forward to in in 2017. We're going to see great leaps forward with with all of those, I suspect. I completely agree. I was lucky to recently interview uh, one of the bosses at a a new company called Hire. And uh, to your point, 
they they're, they're all about the mobile app. They, they've got a website uh, because they have to, but it's you know it's it's very minimal. Um, and and they help with uh, acquisition of um, temp staff in in retail and within hospitality. It's, you know, I, I think we're just going to see that the continue. The continued onset of of the the app focused businesses where where the old ways of doing things no longer work and no longer are relevant. Um, anyway, that's just my take. You're, you're the interviewee, not me, so I'll stop talking about. <laughs> no, that. I completely uh, agree, and I know that company, so I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, shout out to Josh Caram, lovely man. Um, okay, so we're coming towards the end of this particular show. Before we wrap up, uh, how can our listeners learn more about you? Well. Uh, TA Tech has a website. It's tatech.org. Uh, so we're on the web, um, and uh, there are individual sites focused on each of our events. There are links from tatech.org to those particular uh, sites, so you can learn more about um, our Spring Congress uh, in conjunction with SHRM in Chicago, uh, April 22nd and 23rd. Um, there's a link to... Uh, our RecTech conference in Barcelona. Uh, that will be uh, May 17th and 19th. Um, and uh, links to our other two events, the Programmatic Ad Buying uh, Summit and uh, the Fall Conference in Denver. Uh, and uh, there's more than you'd ever want to read uh, in my profile on LinkedIn, for example. So uh, if you've got nothing better to do, <laughs> you can certainly find out more about me there. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. Well, that that just uh, leaves me to say, Peter Weddle, CEO of TA Tech, thank you for being our guest today. Well, thank you for having me, Bill. I really appreciate it. And listeners, I've been your host, Bill Bannum. This has been the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette.